Welcome to Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 9, Episode 10, titled Omega. Uh, Aaron, what did you think of this episode? Um, I, you know, I, I'm watching this episode and I go through, like, different filters of my Walking Dead fandom and anti-fandom. And I'm like, you know, is this show deserved to be doing something like this? And then I start thinking about like comparing it to like the next generation episodes that we've watched and I've I've watched recently and I'm like, well I mean, this is at least as good as that and you have to flesh out an antagonist and you have to like get eventually this is such a weird thing, the skinwalking deal, you have to have some kind of bizarre weird thing to get it started. Like, you know, like that's the thing that Jadis was missing, the like but why? But mm-hmm. why? Of all, okay, you were a kindergarten teacher, did finger paints, and you like to do art, but why all this other stuff, you know? Like, why why all the Mad Max Burning Man shit? Like, whose idea was that? Who enforced it? Um, they're attempting to answer this question and doing it through characters who we know have gone through similar abuse and kind of being, like, I, the, the, the um, Daryl using Henry is such an interesting thing because it's a dual purpose. He's getting valuable information and he's also teaching Henry a lesson about how you can be used if you're so fucking wretchedly naive. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, better that a gentle lesson from someone who loves and cares for you than, you know, dying screaming at the hands of a shaved head Samantha Morton later on in the season. So I I think a lot of it was pretty... I thought it was pretty interesting. And... um. I feel like in other earlier seasons, they would have drugged this reveal about, you know, the true nature of the mom and the dad and who's the bad guy and who's the good guy. And they would have drug it out for several episodes. And then, OK, yeah. to, 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 to tie a bow on it, it did feel a little rushed that someone with this much trauma and abuse and living with it would just flip on their, uh, you know, abuser and their their pack um, mm-hmm. at, at like the very first like um, sign of safety and stability. But you know what? I don't know psychology enough to know that's not the case. It would be like I, I think of like you know Elizabeth Smart. You know when she finally had an opportunity to get free, she like fucking took it, even though she had spent years as a child being you know abused and conditioned into accepting the the situation. You know Elizabeth Smart. She was the I think it was the Mormon girl that got abducted by that crazy person mm-hmm. to be like a, a sex slave for like years and years. Um, I, I, so like, I don't know, maybe this is how it works. The first time, like someone internalizes this crazy stuff and, you know, you get a North, if you kidnapped a North and your average North Korean, how long do they spend in their cell singing praises to the God emperor until they're like, you know what? This is bullshit. It's always been bullshit. I'm ready to live a free life. You know, I I don't know. So like Mm -hmm. it seemed rushed, but Maybe this is so. I was, yeah, okay, you know, like wh- whatever. It's 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 better than I'm used to from The Walking Dead, and I'm allowing it. What did you think? Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's that's a good point. I feels like Daryl is somehow secretly the like trickster therapist of the apocalypse because uh, it's a super effective therapy session. She has all these breakthroughs just like right off the bat. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the combination of Henry and Daryl. Um, yeah, I. I mean, I, I don't know. I, The Walking Dead I, is a show that I watch once, and I kind of just dismiss because it doesn't have anything interesting to say anymore, um, if it ever did. And I don't think too hard about this show, but yeah, I, I like, I like your points about Jadis, um, because that was one of the big things we complained about. It was, it was all weirdness for weirdness' sake. Um, and they didn't do anything to justify any of it. And here they're at least trying. So I'll give them that. Um, overall, I think there are some things they could have done better in this episode because I do think that that turn was super sudden. Um, For sure. And just like overly compressed. Although I would I would prefer that to it being dragged out, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, for multiple episodes. Um, and also the the stuff with the, the new group um, going out and looking for their friend. I think was could have been done better um they have two scenes that are effectively the same like they start going out with tara and they all say no we got to come back and make a plan and then they do it again Mm -hmm. by the end of the episode i wish they would have just done it once 
and had a couple yeah. of the people just say, no, we're going to stay out here and look for them. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, uh, they need to fill a 42 and a half minute chunk or whatever. Uh, yeah. Depending on what advertising they have going on that week. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're doing, I mean, they're setting up this um, interesting symmetry between, you know, like uh, maybe what's going on with the FNGs and Alpha's pack about like, you know, choices you make and you don't really assume, you don't really think about them and, and, and they're self-serving and they don't really make sense. Um, and also the other thing, if, if you're annoyed at the, the flip-flopping and the light flip-flopping this episode, I think they're setting up uh, Lydia to have another 180. Because one of her bedrock principles is, well, mom doesn't give a shit about me. She doesn't care about me like um, above and beyond any anybody else. She's like ruthless and cold and all this stuff. And now here she is at the gates demanding her daughter back, yeah. which is evidence to the contrary of, of, of what she had previously thought. So even if she thinks that her mom's an abuser and this and that, like I think there is going to be something inside her touched that her mom came back. Um even yeah. though it's pretty easy, like Daryl's probably going to the therapist. Daryl's going to clock in and be like, "Well, this is this isn't love. This is possession." Yeah, you know, like we, we didn't, you know, you're hers, and she doesn't like us having her things. This isn't like, oh my god, I'm worried about my daughter. I need her back, and she'll probably give you a vicious beating for making her humiliate herself in this way when you get back. So it's like I, I, that. That's going to be there's going to be a lot of psychology, I think, in episodes ahead because Daryl's right. This girl's fucked up. She's yeah. been systematically abused for what ten years, um, you know about something, that. Something so like it, that, it's yeah. you know, and, and Daryl, um, he he went through that same kind of a life and got fucked up and twisted with his brother, and so he knows firsthand. Um, so, like I said, that could be really interesting and give Daryl some really cool things to do, and and you know Norman Reedus, um, or it could be ham fisted and shitty. We we shall see. Are, are they going to try to integrate the whispers into the hilltop? Is is there any chance that they're going to just like open the gates? Come on in. We got a doctor. I mean, we got fresh vegetables. You don't. You you you. you which would you rather pull out of the ground and eat this carrot or this worm? <laughs> you want a Timon and Pumbaa it, or do you want to oh. like you know come back to Pride Rock? Like I I think it's a pretty easy choice for a lot of these people because like. I guess I'm curious about um, the Alpha, whether the majority of these this clan of hers has came from that moldy basement, because how the hell do you attract followers um, and yeah. keep them in line? Because it's pretty damn easy to just walk off of, 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 uh, of, of your shift on a zombie herd and you look like a zombie, you just kind of shamble away and you get like a quarter mile from these people and keep walking, you're done. But sure. on the other hand, I don't know, like... They do the 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 the, pers- the the case that the the alpha is making about living behind walls, thinking it's going to keep you safe, um, being a pipe dream is pretty compelling because that seems to be everyone's universal experience in the zombie apocalypse. Is like you find something that works, something either internally or externally happens, it falls to shit, and then you run screaming from it until the next place where you think you can let your guard down, and they're just like, you know what, we're at end game. We're just going to join the walkers. Um, I don't know. Except it's kind of weird now, to like three examples of communities that are working. So it's going to be a little bit harder. Right. Especially since that's been working. I think that's the, the heavy lifting the flash forward did like six years. It's been working and it's still going to fall. Like, yeah. really? It looks like it's thriving and growing. And but then again, let's see, because like if the alpha can take a horde, a zombie horde and smash it then that kind of proves their point. I think we're going to see, like, this is going to be one of them uh, philosophical differences that gets resolved on the battlefield, like Negan, only this is going to be a really weird one because the soldiers are going to be undead. Um, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it, like I said, that just the principle, just the, 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 the setting sounds ridiculously cool. I don't know how they can fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Here's what's new and premium content for our club members. No lunch this week, as I'll be traveling on vacation, but get ready for next week when we have the rare, elusive, dare I say premium lunch with Talitha and Aaron. And while you're waiting for the return of the king, don't forget May is the time to switch your Patreon tiers to make sure you maintain your full benefits by June. Stop by support.ballmove.com to check your Patreon levels to see the new benefits and decide which one is right for you. 
And finally, tickets are now on sale for Badass Fest 6. Come meet us live and in person, watch a mystery badass film with us, and then hear us record the podcast right there in front of you in a theater packed with Bald Move fans. Get your details and your tickets at baldmove.com slash live. If you want more Bald Move in your life, head over to support.baldmove.com right now to find out how you can get tons of bonus audio and video content plus ad-free feeds. Uh, all right, let's start off with the recap. Uh, we get a flashback to when the apocalypse started. Uh, that whole thing is going down, and a family is hiding out in a basement community. Um, the young girl is Lydia, and she's definitely using Henry to get information about the community uh, in from the jail cell. Uh, and Daryl's listening outside, and Lydia claims that you don't mess with her mom. And I, I mm. guess by the end of the episode, we kind of get the context for that. Uh, and I would agree mm-hmm. with her. She seems like a nasty woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny that they're making these direct conclu- con- con- ugh, these direct comparisons from the alpha Lydia's mom to Carol, um, because that's another thing exciting. Like if this ends up being like a war, like a Lord or Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, like War of the Matriarchy, I think that would be kind of cool. Because mm-hmm. uh, like that's what the War of the Kings kind of devolved into, you know. Um, Marjorie versus uh, uh, versus Cersei versus Daenerys, um, you know Carol versus the Alpha. Uh, the fact the, the way they're sh- like and they're they're equal and opposites because you know um, Carol shaved her head to uh, protect herself from her, her abuser. Um, the Alpha uh, Alpha shaved her head just because she wasn't buying into society's bullshit no more. She wasn't gonna have to worry about appealing to her husband or whatever. Um, and you know she was the abuser in the relationship. It's it's it'll, it's it's interesting. They're setting up a lot of cool symmetries uh, with with Henry and like like even having Henry and Lydia be kind of in teenage puppy dog love is a little ju- ju- you know Romeo and Juliet, right? Um, sure. Yeah. There's this is like big gothic dynasties kind of stuff uh, that they're playing with, and I, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, they're doing um, some symmetry between the timelines with Lydia. She's trapped in a basement in both of those scenarios. Uh, right. One of them with some lunatics and one of them with some decent people who want to see her get healthy. Uh, so yeah, a lot of questions about who, where her loyalties will end up uh, soon enough. I was also pleasantly yeah. surprised to see that they're, that Daryl's doing the smart thing here. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a whole crew as we find out later, just taking shifts, listening in on their conversations. Uh, kind of like we were hoping last episode was true. Uh, so glad to see that. There's what I I was going to ask you what you think or know of Samantha Morton, who is the mother in this. uh, Nothing. I think she played the lead precog in Minority Report. And she. (laughs) okay, And she is also memorably in all three seasons of, of Hulu's Harlots. But it's wild because like she played kind of like a screaming, you know, mentally ill clairvoyant um in minority report and she plays a literal cackling whore <laughs> in, in in harlots and like this is radical departure from anything i've seen her in and i'm kind of really you know um i was wondering if she could pull off like truly fierce and in that final scene with her head shaved and her eyes blacked and like her teeth all fucked up because they don't brush teeth in the zombie hordes like I kind of bought it. I'm I'm really interested in seeing um, because because she's done like uh, in Harlot she did some really really good work. I'm really interested mm-hmm. in this is a, a serious a serious actor uh, and I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what they do with her in The Walking Dead. Yeah, Walking Dead can turn any serious actor into a goof. That's true. That's true. We've had some we've had some rum rum runs with uh, oh what they did to the wire alumnus should be oh, should yeah. be a crime against but they're still the cinema. doing to the wire alumnus <laughs> that's true yeah, oh my god holding that poor man hostage carver can't get away oh my god uh okay tara leads a new group out into the woods looking for stradivarius and boston rob uh they cautiously take on a group of what they think are walkers wary that they could be living in disguise and they find their horses cut open with knives and then chewed up, which tells them that they were attacked first by humans. Uh, Tara decides to play it safe by heading back to make a plan. Good plan, Tara. Like the first part of your plan already a success. Head the fuck back. 
don't be out here with these new people who you barely trust, uh, who are desperate to find their friend. Like, go back, regroup, think it through. You'll you'll all be much better off for it. I agree, and especially since like you can see the dynamics of the zombie encounters have changed so much. Like, oh mm-hmm. God, we. You know, we've gotten so used to taking out this particular type of threat and now the game has been changed. And um, like I was shocked that this was just a zombie herd. Um, And I thought that was a pretty good pacing to like let them kind of have this moment of like, oh, God, what are we getting ourselves into? This is scary again. Yeah. Like this isn't the the wall. Like, you know, we've seen like Aaron Sorkin as walk and talk scenes where characters are having character development as they're stabbing zombies and clearing because they're just not a threat to these people. And now they are. Right. Um, Even when it's not actively being like army of the dead levels of cool, it's changed the game up, which, again, like I said, this is. Robert Kirkman, pat yourself on the back. This was a a really nice late game change in in both the comics and uh, now the TV series has really injected a lot of fresh drama and tension. So kudos. Okay, then we go back to Hilltop where Henry offers Lydia his food just to be nice. He understands the power of being nice. Uh, Lydia, however, doesn't value food because her dad said it would never be okay again. They're making some weird connections here and that should have been the first indication that something was not right about this story she's telling because uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense yeah and she she confuses her like uh, tenses and pronouns a few times which I thought was interesting her you know sometimes she she flips to she he sometimes she flips uh, you know was is and like hastily corrects herself mm-hmm. um, and I thought that this was all like the game yeah but I was kind of pleasantly surprised at the end of the episode to find out that there is actually some layers of trauma. It's, it's that for sure. She's playing a game. She's, you know, actively trying to escape, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. But there's also some, uh, some other interesting layers going on. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I thought uh, like, like being unsure ourselves and having this kind of told progressively through a single episode was, was pretty good. Uh, I don't know what hunger is a gift. Um, what I- that means. Yeah, like if you're hungry, you know you're alive. But like zombies seem like they're always hungry, and they're not. So like I, I was trying to see like what is the philosophy that will make that make sense from a, a, a certain point of view, and I'm wondering if we'll get it because, um, it doesn't get you know like in all the flood of information she gives at the end of this episode, none none of this kind of made that that statement make sense. Mm. But there's there's lots of season left. Sure. Um. And yeah, there, there's more to this scene. Lydia's asking Henry about his family and, and the other community that he talks about, and he readily gives up the keys to the kingdom, pun intended. Uh, Daryl immediately busts in, pulls him out of his cell, and chews his ass out, and reveals that they've been using Henry as a way to get info out of Lydia, and Henry's pissed. Yeah, but like, I mean, he's the thing is, he's 15. You know, uh, like I keep on wanting to be like, what the fuck? Why are you this way? And the reason he's this way is because he's 15 and his dad's Ezekiel. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. He would be. Imagine if Carol wasn't there to be a counterpoint. He would be completely insufferable. So uh, he's he's got some hard lessons he needs to learn. And Daryl's there to teach him, teach him to him and kind of keep him on the rails like Daryl's using him, but also ready to stop, put a stop to it when he starts running his mouth about. But I, it, yeah, I don't know. He's 15. Like, it's mm. so stupid to tell this girl that you've just caught in, like, uh, active combat who's been trying to escape the whole time, like, the where you live, their strength, how many guards you've got. Like, Jesus, man. Yeah, I mean, this is all coming. You got to remember, this is all coming off the back of being extremely disappointed that Enid is dating Foster Rob. Uh, oh yeah so, well, so he's, he's like <laughs> yeah right he's 15 he's looking for love in all the wrong places right sure i yeah, mean yeah yeah it's it's classic classic teenager movie why, why can't i have a girl why can't i be a blacksmith why can't i have a girl why don't yeah mm-hmm. yeah um i i do like the way they're writing lydia in these flashback scenes she's much more of a kid than other kids mm-hmm. and you know you've talked about how the apocalypse might change a kid and i think if you want to look at that and say, oh, that's an example of this, then they're doing a pretty good job with that. Yeah, and also like in the, uh, she's not an adult, a teenage Lydia, I, there's a, there is a little hint of kind of um, prolonged 
pre-adolescence like she's she's not as mature as like henry or enid or carl was you know even though they went through lots of different traumas in the zombie apocalypse um there is this kind of like uh, what is the word um infantilism something about her like she's very dangerous and an adult in that way but the way she talks and kind of like moves reminds me of a scared little girl instead of like a you know confident strong but scary young woman and i i think they're doing that too because i feel like there's some psychology behind that that abuse kind of keeps you know people locked in these i and i just watched Mm -hmm. this fucked up greek movie dog tooth which is examining (laughs) of like how fucked up parents can keep their their children yeah like adult children white with with this kind of like enforced rigid parental roles and it's like maybe i'm way more open to all this because i just happened to see that last week but like holy shit it turns out like when it comes to psychology people really can be molded like clay and they're really fucked up positions and i think your lydia is one of those misshapen clay dolls um yeah, and, and to uh, some extent, so is Daryl, you know. Um, right, Like right. They have a somewhat shared history. There's a reason he's out in the woods with his dog Tannen Hides when he could be with people who love and support him. Right. Because that's his damage. That mm-hmm. doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel real. And, you know, he could sleep in a soft bed, but he prefers the penthouse suite. So, yeah, that's it's an interesting counterpoint. Uh, we forgot to talk about it. I wanted to jump back since we we're in a flashback scene here. Um they they have Lydia's mother singing a song to her, um, and then later Lydia's mm. father singing a song to her. Uh, mm-hmm. That seemed really dumb when I was listening to it, and that might be because it's from 1939, and it's in a Groucho Marx movie called At the Circus. Uh, it's called uh. Lydia the Tattooed Lady. Um, I don't know if this... I, I've never seen that movie. I don't know that Groucho Marx has any real connection to The Walking Dead, <laughs> but... Uh, I guess if you know more about this than we do, feel free to write in and let us know. Because watch for exploding cigars. Sure, sure. Maybe that's it. Maybe she's an expert uh, at making explosive cigars. Yeah, I do. I hmm, I don't know. Maybe I wonder if it's something from the comic too. It could be some pull that Kirkman made from his childhood. Because uh, yeah, like what what parent and what is what? When did this go down? Twenty ten. Um, like sings their children Groucho Marx songs, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. All right, Daryl goes to see Lydia. He offers her pain pills for an injury, but she turns them down. He then asks about the horses and what her mother would do if she found their people. We get another flashback where people in the basement are freaking out. Uh, one of them tries to attract the attention uh, of people outside, and Lydia's mother attacks and kills him. And back in reality or in modern day. Daryl gives Lydia the pain meds and tells her there are good people here who will help her uh, as long as that's mutual. And Daryl gets her some water, but she tries to attack him through the bars and it doesn't work, obviously. Yeah. Um, what did she steal? Like they, they, what did she steal off the hook in the previous scene? Did you notice that? I thought it they was show the that lamp. close up of the hook and I have no idea. I'm pretty sure there was a, a lamp hanging there and if she was going to do something crazy with it, I think it would have happened in this episode. It should have. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, I, I thought that she was going to fling this oil lamp and catch like Daryl on fire or some oh shit God. or, or, or is like someone there to, there to change her bedpan or whatnot. Um, uh-huh. But you know, like I said, Lydia is like dangerous, but she's not very good at deception because the way to play this is to not literally the second that your captor gives you one inch like, you know, extends the ladle across the bar to betray them immediately. Like is yeah. like you 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 work that's an opening that you keep working and you build that and you keep it you keep pushing that, pushing that, pushing that until they're not expecting it and then you strike. And so she knows just, this. She's doing it with Henry, right? Like Is she consciously? Because I don't know how much is I know she knows that she needs something to trade to get back into good graces of the group, but I don't know that she's thought about it much more than that and it's like this mm-hmm. some of this clumsy stuff seems a little bit like i said it's it's not like uh something she's trying to do for effect it's just things she's trying to do yeah. um but uh yeah I, I swore she stole an oil lamp but i have no idea why that wouldn't be noticed and what the hell is going to happen with it now that we're we're already uh you know got samantha morton at her gates 
So then some of the new group wants to head back out. Uh, Prison Tats doesn't want to defy the leader of their new community. Uh, but the others are pretty sure they could sneak out under the under the walls. They take a vote and decide to do it later that night. It's funny that Magneto is the one that's now on team. Let's just follow the rules. You oh, Jesus, know? Who, who is Magneto again? It's you know, whoever. Pick pick one. Okay, sure. Uh, yeah. The uh, I, the the knife the knife lover. Uh, she's uh-huh. the one that caused all the trouble in Alexandria. She's like, you know what? Maybe if we just like uh, listen to the leaders of this group who've got a good thing going, maybe we should. Uh, follow their lead instead of the lead that let us, you know, almost die screaming or next to a fucking cargo container. Um, but I, I, I guess but her, her the, core point- issue is, is trust, right? Like, and loyalty. And so I like, she doesn't seem super loyal. She seems out for herself more than any of the other group. And so hmm. that would kind of make sense. Like that a, she wouldn't trust this new community when they first encounter them. She's resistant to go in, uh, but then once they're in the safety of that community, she's resistant then to go back out looking for their friend. I don't know. But I guess I can see this. You saw this as kind of like, um, you know, a flip flop in, in a single episode, which you're not wrong. It literally is. But I saw it as more of like, well, we're not going to defy the group. And but we might try to sneak out because it does seem there's something sac- sacrosanct in this group about their democracy. Like they've referenced it several times. Things come down to a vote and like, well, we called off the search because we couldn't hold a vote because if we did tear, it'd be like, well, fuck you arrested. You're in you're in jail for the night. You know, we can't have you sneaking out and leading because because that's the thing. Why I was watching this, like what's going to happen is they're going to sneak out and they're going to, you know, fuck up and they're going to lead the entire uh, Whisperer clan back to the gates of Hilltop. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you could also say they're torturing the shit out of Boston Rob and the professor and getting that in, you know, since they do have two people, they can compare notes and, and be effective at it. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I see it. And, and I'm wondering when they're going to transition from being the fucking new guys and their little mini democracy to like, we're now part of a group and we have to, it's, it's not just our opinion versus the world. Like, I, I wonder when they're actually going to get integrated. I was actually worried that they're going to kill. Like, I felt like when the two sisters went off that like, we're just never going to see them again. They're going to, yeah. and I'm like, Jesus, they're they're. I, I thought that having the, the deaf person was interesting. Like I would, that'd be a crazy useful school teach everyone sign language. You can communicate silently with each other. Um, sure. that'd be a really a, a amazing, uh, resource to use against the whisperers. And like, they just fucking killed her off. But fortunately that didn't happen. Not yet. She is yeah. hiding in terror in a cornfield at the end of this episode, beset by enemies on all sides. It's not too late for them to fuck this up, but, sure. uh, I was really afraid that they're going to do that because I thought that's, that's an interesting piece of distinctiveness to add to your group. Yeah. And Carol's already five, at least five letters in, uh, to yeah. Learning, so yeah, she's got her, she got her foot in the door. Uh-huh. Uh so is it tell me if this strikes you as silly. H- has there ever been a time in your life where you've been a part of a group that has a se- an ethos or a set of beliefs that they codify and formalize into a motto that they then vocalize frequently? Cuz this always strikes me as just a weird thing to do. This this minute by minute, day by day, ride or die, which seems to be like a, a a literal motto, like verbatim motto that they have. I mean, like you're talking like in a Jersey Shore uh, YOLO kind of way, like to have like some kind of ethos that way or. No, I'm talking about just like know, or, an ethos that you live by that you have codified into language that you then repeat as a motto. It, it just seems uh, like it seems- very culty very strange to yeah me. yeah yeah because like you know uh no this isn't really spoilers for the last of us too but like several of the factions in that game have those codified like yeah. the wolves you know may your li- may your survival be long may your death death be swift and it's something that's like their greeting and like their guiding principle and the fireflies had when you're in darkness head towards the light and mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, other factions have other ones but it does seem culty but i'm fine with culty be- not i'm not fine with culty behavior but i think culty behavior in the apocalypse setting is interesting because 
it does seem plausible to me that like when shit like this, like when you see in the leftovers, when something inexplicable happens, two percent of the world population just disappears mm-hmm. uh, in a single moment. When you've got the the dead walking the earth and eating the living, all bets are fucking off, man. You want to come at me with science and philosophy and religion or and reason? Look where it's got you. The fucking dead are walking, man. Like it's sure. time for us to get right with the old gods. Like I'm, I'm actually surprised there hasn't been more weird shit. And I want that weird shit. I just want it to make sense, and I want them to build that world, unlike what they did to the trash people. So like, oh yeah, it's culty as fuck, mm-hmm. but. Uh, you know, yeah, and I know that there are actual groups in the real world that do this. Like any military organization has this. Sure. Uh, yeah. But they're literally trying to brainwash you with it. Like that's the whole yeah, point uh-huh. of that thing. Yeah. Uh, so cohesiveness I don't know. and obeying a strict obedience to orders. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It seems extra strange also when it's like a group of four or five people who have done this. They did it like, like voluntarily. Yeah. 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 It's just a little weird. A little weird. I don't know. Ride or die is more of a philosophy, like, you know, like uh, sure. blood's thicker than water kind of thing. Like, uh, you know, well, he's my asshole, but he's my brother. So I'm going to fight you even though you don't deserve Like, it's I. No, I it's really know. that like, minute by like, minute, day by day thing. I'm like, that's hmm, strange. Hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Ride uh, or die, no matter what. Yeah. So Daryl. What if the other person fails to ride and or die? Do you have to be ride or die about their not riding and dying? You know, like can you if if they fail to ride or die minute to minute, day by day, do you do you then revoke their ride or die membership, or do I mean, you like yeah. well, you know, hey, everyone, you can't. That's the that's the ideal. It's the guideline. It's the principle. But you know, it's we don't expect everyone to live up to it one hundred percent of the time. No, no, there I mean, exceptions. Fifty nine second breaks, but minute by minute, <laughs> you're gonna ride or right. die. Right. Or I wonder if it's like Animal Farm, where it's like some riders are more equal than other, or are a little bit more ride or die than others, and that's just understood. Some of these people can 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 stroll and live, and you can't really say anything about it because they've really they've really established their ride or die principles earlier. I don't know. Very interesting. All right, Dare prepares a switch while explaining what it is, probably from experience. Uh, he also claims mm-hmm. that her that Lydia's story is bullshit. Because she has these switch marks on her arms, her dad is dead, and none of it's lining up. Um, So she admits that her mom did it, but won't give up her people's locations. Spouts some shit about why they walk with the dead, um, and her mother beating her because she loves her. Then we get a flashback to Lydia's father. You know, this whole thing is shaken up and reversed. Um, Young Lydia wakes up in the middle of the night. The, The guy who her mother killed wakes up, takes a bite out of her father's neck. Turns out none of this is true. Um... But back in her cell, Lydia claims that her father wasn't tough enough to survive and that Daryl also isn't, which, okay, come on. Now, now you're just talking shit. Uh, He tells her she doesn't know shit about anything and walks out. And he's 100% right. When you claim that Daryl is not a survivor, Mm -hmm. you've lost lost all, all credibility out the window. It is fun to go back into the early days where people hadn't got this stuff figured out because like when they were devoting like, uh, he's, we gotta get him out of here cause he's gonna start stinking. Well, we should wait until blah, blah, blah. Cause it'll be safer. Um, yeah, well, no, he's, he, he's, even though he's not bit, he's going to r- rise up. They didn't know that. And seeing that kind of mechanic be like, what's it been years since that's been a factor in the walking dead. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, even though you're right, it's like, you know, that's the other first clue is now her dad, Seems a little bit more sympathetic in this scene, and he's got his beard back, mm-hmm. grit back, even though you know. And her that, that mom's one got more... this bad haircut, and like, what is that all yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. That I, that that was one of my first uh, clues that this was a a fictionalized account. That, that you have a man who's saying like, "I've grown this beard out just for you. I can't wait to get rid of it." Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it seems like the lazy. It seems like the lazy man's hair. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm style beard style is to just grow one out so i thought that that was like that's unbelievable that a guy would society's making me keep this beard i'm gonna cut it off i'm only living for myself now like I mean, okay buddy settle Don down draper like yeah yeah uh-huh I, that's i don't know is there any of, uh, i mean you'd have to go back pretty far in history to find a time where like beards were rigidly enforced by society yeah. this guy's never been in one for sure uh then the new group sneaks out through a secret tunnel which I think we've seen this tunnel before. 
Is this the teenager hatch? Did the teenagers just have a hatch built in the outside of the wall? It hidden under some some bad like firewood piles. I yeah, I don't know. Nobody's gone to nobody's gone to get firewood or or patrolled the outside of the door and be like, "What's this hatch doing here?" Well, what the fuck? It pops up in a tinder box. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't. Little little uh, these these uh, this is hilltop man. Since Maggie's gone, hasn't hasn't talk, taken a serious their security nearly as serious as they should. It's true. Um, one one thing about the last scene, I just noticed this. Daryl's lost one of his angel wings. It's been torn off. Really? I and and yeah, and I I don't know if it's like from the time jump or whether. He had like his poncho or whatever on, and I just now noticed it. But like, that's got to be deliberately symbolizing something that he's going through Mm -hmm. a character change. Yeah. Let's keep Uh, his wings clipped. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just thought that was interesting that he's lost the right side of his angel wings. Um, There's like, there's like just a bare, like little nub still left on one side and the other one's still flushed out. I I'm, I'm wondering if, if uh, he doesn't lose the other one or if that's just going to be the fact. I, I wonder if it'll also like represent that maybe he has like fully balanced the different parts of his character, the angelic and demonic, the loner and the, the community leader, uh, if they, the, he's in harmony and balance with that, or if he's going to lose both his wings, and it's going to be a real dramatic character change. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, or I it could that's... just be, they decided this patch had been on there for 10 years and needed to come off. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's what happens when you wear the same vest for yeah. know, a decade. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, the zombie My clothes don't last a decade, and I'm not rolling around in the mud fighting zombies, so... Yeah, I've got hand-stitched angel wings on my on my leather jacket. No. Mm-hmm. All right, Henry asked Daryl what's going to happen to Lydia. He tells Daryl a story about his mother cutting her hair to keep her first husband from abusing her and tries to convince Daryl that Lydia can be redeemed. Daryl says he's not the only one who can lead her to redemption, implying that Henry can. Yeah. Again, uh, it's dangerous because of what happens next with them, but we'll get there. Yeah. But I think, man, I like, you know, you see, you saying that Daryl's like this post-apocalyptic therapist um, really brought in a relief because he is doing a very good job of like teaching Henry some lessons. Like, you know what? I fooled you. And when you saw that you were being used, you set your, that shows you that you've, you're mature enough to maybe be brought into the other side of this operation, which is to like, you know, deliberately flip her, try to, and, and, you know, try to help her. That's like the best way to flip somebody to genuinely offer a, a way out of their predicament and uh, uh, give them a path forward to, to see, see hope if they, if they play through things your way. Um, it's just, yeah, seems like it's 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 really good. And I like um, that he's sort of inadvertently through this whole situation doing what Carol wanted him to do, which is sort of mentor uh, Henry. I don't think he yes. ever set out to really do that, but here he is. Yeah, and I think there's also a realization later on, Henry remarks to Daryl, I'm glad you were my mom's friend. Like, he's kind of realizing the okie doke here. I so it's like, yeah, I don't think any of this was all deliberate. He planned it out. It's just that, you know, yeah. by virtue of who he is, he's going to teach the guy the lessons he needs. Um, you got to wonder how much and, Carol kind of knew that because she knows him so well, right? Yeah. Yeah. That he's not like, he knows everything he needs to learn, but he's not a, he's not cruel and vindictive. So he's not going to teach him, you know, in a way that's going to scar him. Like, and also that of, Henry tra- might, sort of feedback into Daryl and help Daryl, you know, like the, the idea that like by helping someone else, you can also be helping yourself, showing yourself the way. Uh, yeah. And Do you remember it, that time when, when Daryl and Carol went into the city for a, on a mission together? And I, this uh-huh. is where I, I don't remember. Someone got a book on childhood abuse and I wasn't sure if it was Daryl that got it and was reading it and trying to keep it hidden or Carol got it and tried to get Daryl to read it. But like, I wonder if they're going to show that Carol has been reading this book and like been planning this for years. <laughs> oh, like, oh, boy. Once Henry becomes a man child, I want to ship him off to Daryl and there these pieces are going to fit together like a puzzle and it's just going to be mutual healing and it's going to be amazing. Maybe that's the long con. Be a deep cut to do that. Yeah. So the new group finds some tracks in the woods. They stop to converse uh, and attract the attention of one of the many walkers that are lurking about. And they decide the exact same thing that Tara decided the first time they did this, which is we should go back and make a plan. 
uh, one of them starts crying about how they can't leave Stradivarius behind, and another agrees to continue the search. Um, so, so two of them head back, and you know, walkers are sort of watching from the distance, which we, I think, are supposed to believe are human walkers. I think we actually saw stitches on the back of the one that's watching okay. it, um, but also Stealth Walker. It's been a while since we saw one of those just just popped right. out. Especially since the the, the one uh, the deaf woman was shining a flashlight in the exact direction that it came from, literally seconds before the attack. Like these things uh-huh. are not just quiet; they apparently can stay, you know, hidden in the visual free, uh, spectrum as well. I don't know. I'm also like with the presence of the skin jobs or the whispers or whatever you want to call them. Like, is the, I don't know. Like, they just releasing them single one at a time, seeing what will happen. Like, is there any kind of intentionality to this? It's funny. Stealth yeah. walkers. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it seems like they just sort of were surrounded on all sides and were either oblivious or very yeah. nonchalant about it. I I don't know, because we see a lot this, of, like, regular walkers in the distance, you know? Oh, yeah. And they're like all around growling. This coal port, I'm wondering what we will find out about it, because it's starting to look more and more like there is a bit of shame and regret Mm -hmm. uh, amongst them for what they did. Like maybe they abandoned their post or maybe they were, you know, having one of these little. Yeah, if we'd stuck, but if if we stuck their post, we'd be dead. And like it was maybe that's just this thing we're telling uh, each other. I'm really curious to find out more about this and how it's going to possibly change our opinion of these people. Um, or maybe it's just trauma that they have to work through themselves. I, I don't know, but uh, yeah. I'm interested to see where they go with that. I mean, do you think it's going to lead to a situation where they're on post at uh hilltop or something and they cut and run and cost some lives? I mean, I'm not sure that we haven't already seen that, that like their actions here, you know, and, and like I said, it's entirely possible that the professor and Boston Rob just got tortured the information out of them. But like, it seems pretty clear that that's connected them sneaking out to the sudden appearance of the, the whispers at the gates. Mm-hmm. So they might have already fucked up the hilltop. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Henry goes down to Lydia's cell and opens it in order to show her everything good Hilltop has to offer. They sneak around eating fresh picked worms and Lydia considers Hakuna bashing his brains in, <laughs> uh, with a hammer before hearing a baby cry, which sends her into a flashback uh, montage of her mother losing her mind and creating the whispers. Lydia asks to be put back in a cell as Daryl watches from the shadows and back in her cell, Lydia asks Henry to stay the night with her and he does holding her hand. Um, yeah, this, did Henry get Daryl's permission to do this? Like, was she being watched all along? Because this seemed like the highest of stakes gambling. Yeah, and Daryl's like watching from the shadows and yet she's reaching for a hammer. She's like actively got it over her head, ready to swing it, I swear. And Daryl's still just kind of like, hmm, what's going to go down here? He's like, when do I step in? takes a... It only takes a quarter second for my crossbow bolt to to, to, to get this distance, and uh, with my reflex action, I yeah, I, I don't know. It had to be something like that. But yeah, yeah. if it, it was something like that, then they did get her get let him or let her get pretty far along to hammering poor Henry to death before they did anything mm-hmm. um, about it. But uh, so is is this how the we've talked about how these people eat? Is this how they eat? They just eat grubs out of the ground? Sure, you could probably like just when pick the walkers, off walkers, you know, just like walking behind walkers, just oh, doing Jesus. a little shovel. They're gonna be like you know Jane Goodall, where they're grooming each other. There's gonna Hell be scenes yeah. of like walkers standing around and they're just picking stuff out of them and eating. Because mm-hmm. they did show like earlier in the season that like Daryl found a walker that was pinned against a tree and it was just like bursting with worms. There you go. Uh, if you it's eat a, a worm that's been eating, if you eat a worm that's been eating a walker, do you get zombie disease though? Because and everybody's got zombie disease, meat. right? That's true, but like the virulent, like sudden death, bitey bitey form, right? The, the little thing that kills you. I, I don't know. It's a good question, but it does seem like they've just got mobile buffets. Uh, it's like a constant craft service table, just walking around there with the the pack. You know, I wonder. It's it's funny that the baby crying set her off because it seems like one of those things that. Um, 
the the whispers seem like the Shakers. Do you know the Shakers? They were like an offshoot of the Quaker religion in the late 18th okay, this, century. This just fucking sounds made up. The Quakers and the Shakers. <laughs> uh, they might be offshoot of the Amish. I don't know, but their their religion is that they didn't have sex. That was forbidden. Oh, that, um, and what they would hmm. do is they okay. would attend meetings where they're divided up in male and female, and they would just do these vigorous forms of dance in isolation. Uh, and that's how they got their names, the Shakers. Um, they they uh, realized the, shakers the inevitability are all, of their philosophy, yes, right? The, the, I, don't, I don't know if they did or not, but the Shakers, as a consequence, <laughs> are a dead religion. I think there's like two 90-year-old women still alive. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing, because you, you can't have a baby with this sort of societal no. give it, get up, because the baby won't play along with the whole walking. It'll start screaming, and then it'll... Di- so, like, I wonder if the baby crying was like the, the nail... In the coffin of her belief in her mom, that like, well, these people are raising children. This is a this is a a philosophy that has life, where my mom's is a terminal philosophy of death. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that's the thing I don't understand about Samantha Norton's alpha character is like, it seems like if you really believe the bullshit, you would just let a zombie bite you and join them. You know, if the dead really are ruling the world and you have to join sure. them, that's the way to join them. This is like half-assing it. Um, you know, yeah. like like rocking a hard place in your philosophy here but but you're yeah, the you one that came up with it you can use many and and shave as many hairs off your body as you want but you're not a walker right until you're a walker and why is she yeah and why is she shaving her head why doesn't she shave her daughter's head why isn't everyone's head you know um lots so she, lots of que- like because like shaving your head's a pretty intense uh, you know, thing of self care that you got to do on a regular basis to keep it that shaved like is she like peeling off to like you know straight straight razor her scalp with that knife every night oh yeah i've oh yeah it's it's like red dead 2 um you've got you know you go back to camp you've got your your razor and you can give yourself a shave uh you can you can donate whatever mealworms you find on the walker in front of you to the rest of the camp do you if you if you cut yourself shaving and you put a walker scalp on you do you become infected does she like have a supply of Ziploc bags mm-hmm. that she sho- shoves over her bloody pate to keep that from happening? Again, yeah, I just have probably. questions. I have questions. Maybe she uses fire. She's she's one of those people mm. who uses fire to cut her hair. So she just like sets her scalp oh, on fire. Oh, there you cauterizes, go. Cauterizes, yeah. you know, the the follicles and sure, sure doesn't have to worry about it. Puts a layer of neosporin down. You're good to go. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, Daryl comes down with food, and Lydia asks for the pills again. Uh, then she explains that no one's coming to look for her and their people are probably dead if her mother found them. She gives up the location of her camp and then she weepily recontextualizes her time in the basement as a child where her mother was actually a monster who killed her father and started the whispers. So apparently they were really close to getting the whole pack at the covered bridge there, um, according to mm-hmm. her testimony. Uh, that might be why they found uh, the daughter, because you'd think that uh, she would stay pretty close to her mom. Um, pretty lucky pull, it seems like. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense why there'd be, you know, big, big herds walking around um, if they were that close to where this camp is. Uh, I, I wonder what they mean when, you know, she's talking about how they don't stay in one place for very long. Do, have they roamed the country? Have they just been in this area? Um Baltimore is very close. Baltimore is very close to Washington, Mm D.C., and they established in the very first scene that this was a Baltimore survivors group. So I don't think they've roamed across the country unless they've roamed and then come back. But uh, maybe it's more of just kind of like they follow because at some point it seems like you got to. Why wouldn't you just follow the the herd for a while, you know? Like, uh, but then, then the other, I guess, into that is like, if all you're doing is falling through the ground and eating worms every once in a while, shit, those things are everywhere. So like, why wouldn't you just kind of keep them in a, an area you, you knew would be devoid of large groups? I I guess that that's the, the big, the problem I have is how the fuck has, if their philosophy has been to stay away from large groups, have they run into smack dab in the middle of three now? You know, it seems like they would have turned around and, and left because why would they like be fucking with these this this large group? But I don't know. Lydia could still be lying a little bit um, or she also like I, there's also possibility that Alpha, the mom, is not giving her all accurate information about what they do and what their objectives are, et cetera. Or they just didn't know about the communities. Um, 
you know, if they, if they only ever see, because, you know, these communities have become insular over the last six years. That's, um, and that's a good point. So they haven't been making a lot of trips out to the other communities. Right. Um, right. And it's pretty clear based on what Lydia says that they didn't know they were there. Because, like, when she's talking with Henry, Henry mentions, you know, about the other community and her eyes light up and she's like, oh, there's yeah. another community. So she sure, didn't even sure. know about this one, let alone the others. Maybe You're right. They're... The the weird isolationist Michonne stance has f- feeds into this plot to make it more plausible. Yeah, a, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, prison tats and Bow Girl get back to Hilltop where Tara spots him. Uh, Bow Girl goes up to talk to her. Did you? We I forgot that we talked about the final flashback scene where the lone zombie goes on a rampage. Did you find her dad hilariously inept? Like he trips, lands against the wall, then Samantha Morton kills him right then and there. Uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of echo to that with uh, like Henry and Lydia taking one step out of the prison and tripping over a brick. Yeah, yeah. which I thought like, oh, well, this is gonna be the brick that she bashes his head open, and then she grabs the hammer, and I'm like, well, the fuck? Did they just need to get them, give them a reason to roll on the ground so she can start eating worms? Uh, I guess so. It's a weird thing to write yourself into. <laughs> I, I wouldn't find it weird if if her dad like wasn't gung ho. Like he he sets off on a mission, right? Like he's right. He's gonna jump out there and he's gonna I'm deal gonna go with check shit. out the stairwell. Yeah, but yeah. he jumps out there and he falls on his face and gets killed. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty right. ridiculous. Immediately, immediately, immediately. I didn't think about and it, also, like, right. why why do you got to give him excuse to go to the ground to eat worms? Like, it would have been creepier if Lydia's been like, "Ooh, dirt," and just like goes down there and starts tearing at it to like get worms. You know, uh-huh. like <laughs> it's a little. Hmm, I don't know. Can you feel the love tonight, Jim? I, I do. Me and Elton John both want to know. <laughs> uh, so Daryl heads out to talk with Tara about the Whisperer camp with Henry following close behind asking if Lydia can stay. He says, we'll see. Uh, then Henry says he's glad to have Daryl as a friend of his mother. I, Some people aren't meant to be parents, like Daryl, for example. Yeah, but, but yet, maybe. But I, yet. Right, right. I feel like he, he could be. He could be. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tara then asks Bo Girl what they found. She replies that they found nothing and apologizes for leaving. Then the others show up, uh, escorted by guards that Tara sent to retrieve them. She tells Bo Girl to come to her next time and talk about it so that more people don't die. And they see a whole group of whisperers trailing behind him. Uh, the, the deaf woman, whose name I don't know, gets stuck outside and the rest retreat inside the gates. Lydia's mother leads the pack up to the gate and demands to see her daughter. Yeah. The, uh, I put in my notes. Alpha brought the band Slipknot with her. There's mm-hmm. a little, yeah. uh, some of these uh, in, in they're far less creepy looking in broad daylight, you know, and more silly than creepy. It's, it's a little, like I said, little Slipknot, little Slipknot yeah. with, you can see the laces, you can see the eyes within the eyes. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. Um, Little Michael, I never found Michael Myers very scary either with the Bill Shatner face painted white. Yeah, like I know some people find that very terrifying. I just the same thing with Leatherface, Chainsaw Texas. I always thought like he looked, he reads more stupid and clownish than scary to me. Yeah, these are um, very Leatherface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, looks just like a really grunge metal band, mm-hmm. um, that she's frontlining. So, but, uh, I'm, I, my my first thought is like, what the fuck is she doing? Because she's got like what thirty people, and they're just people. They're not zombies. Um, what keeps Hilltop from just arrowing the shit out of all these people running out there with machetes, running up on them? I mean, they've got the they've got the high ground, both physically and metaphorically, tactically. Um, do they? I wonder if they've got Luke and or Profe- the professor and Boston Rob right there that they're going to bring up and like use as a leverage against them. Yeah, hostage um, trade kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's got to be it's, it. Like the the first volley here in negotiations is we've got your friends. Do you think the hostage trade will go smoothly? Because I feel like at this point, I don't. I, it, 
this thing with Liddy could go back the other way because, you know, she said her mom doesn't care about her and she doesn't love her and, you know, doesn't, you know, it, her love is abuse. And yet here is a counter argument. Um, and the counter argument against that's going to take some explaining. I, I, I just wonder if like Tara's like, OK, fine. Yeah, you can have your daughter back. Give us our two people. If Lydia goes and if she says, I don't want to go, what does Hilltop do then? Because then you got some morality and ethics, uh, ethical problems. Uh yeah, I'm curious to see how Tara, the new leader, newly thrust into the limelight leader of Hilltop, deals with this. Because those are some tricky questions. And I feel like the last episode, the town kind of put her on notice. Like, hey, hey, we're watching you. You better get us our justice. And you better do this. And you better do that. And if like she refuses to trade Lydia, that's not going to sit real well with you know, Rhett oh Butler or whatever. God. Yeah, I would love Rhett to see Butler. a showdown between Alpha and Brett Butler. <laughs> yeah like, just get yeah. them to do the negotiations that would be incredible right right yeah send in your 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 head ball busting and and negotiator to, to yeah. deal with the alpha problem but yeah got- there's then that's all i think like legit interesting drama that they've well set up and established and i'm i'm very curious to see how they resolve it yeah and i'm pretty pre- impressed with uh the way tara is handling things you know she's no stranger to running this community she's apparently been doing it for a while now because jesus has not been uh yeah but she i think handles this pretty well you know she sends a party out to kind of keep them safe um and then tells them like look i'm not going to punish you for doing what you did i i get it but like we're trying to keep everybody safe here so next time just come to me if you disagree with where this is going and we'll talk about it it's it's a good way to lead and and yeah, Tara's a, you know, Tara's come a long way um, since I was what, about like to say. season four, season five. It's been forever since she's been part of this group. She's and, come a long way since she was known primarily as Fist Bump. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm like, and she her. was always kind of the even even in the pre flashback, she was always kind of more the Joker, the mm-hmm. you know, uh, the one that never took things too seriously, the one that's always like you know giving Rick shit about stuff um not high emotional maturity and i feel like the time jump did her character some favors that you kind of get the understanding she's been stepping up as a leader at the hilltop where she's essentially second in command she's uh you know jesus chief of staff and now she's the de de facto leader um i wouldn't have believed that even five episodes ago yeah but again this time jump's doing a lot of good narrative heavy lifting which shocks the fuck out of me i'm really (laughs) surprised at how well it's it's worked out yeah uh, that's the end of the episode. What, what yeah, um, that's that's it. That's it. We're ready to t- tell people where they can send feedback. Uh, you know, we'll probably next time consider feedback at the end of uh, season nine. Uh, so if you would like to send in those takes to uh, watching dead at baldmove.com, you can do so. We also have a forum community at forums.baldmove.com. If you want to reconnect or connect with people to talk about the, the episodes and our coverage of it whatever it's there at forums.baldmove.com uh, of course you can follow at bald move on all the social medias to keep uh up to date with everything we're doing um and uh, also if you really like bald move uh i will invite you to uh we, we still have the walking dead feed um but we're covering this on our pulp feed which uh if you like comic books and superheroes and space shit and zombies and dragons uh you'll probably not much not like things that are happening on the pulp feed Dumb, double it's negative a great really way off not much not yeah like. probably not much to not like if you don't want to stop <laughs> okay. liking uh you go, uh, search for bald move pulp um and you can subscribe and get all of our pulpy stuff and the counterpart that's prestige if you want to hear us talk more about serious stuff um you know emmy winning oscar winning I don't think uh, I, it's funny because I was uh, I, I went to the Walking Dead subreddit today to like investigate some news. And uh, one of the top promoted threads is like, why isn't the Walking Dead winning an Emmy? Oh, uh, man, uh, that, it's that just not good in my mouth tastes like eating worms. <laughs> it's just it's just it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen at this no. point. Even if this thing turned into something Emmy winning, it just you're just never going to get for the, God's sake. It took Martin Scorsese on, 50 fucking years to win one. Sure. <laughs> you think sure, this show uh, is going to yeah. win? Yeah, to win an Oscar. Serious... This thing's going to win an Emmy on year 11. Give it 40 more years. 
especially with the state of other television with the acting yeah. and the writing and whatnot that they've got. So, um, like I said, always an outside chance for them to win on special effects or makeup. I think they have won on a couple of years on some of those technical Probably. awards, but, but yeah, uh, bald move prestige. If you want to see, if you, if you want the quote unquote good stuff, um, but yeah, there we go. Uh, we look forward to seeing you back next week when we see what happens with this alpha Terra standoff. Until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. See you next week. Bye.